So say you just bought tickets to Star Wars Celebration in London in 2023. Is it worth adding a trip to Disneyland Paris? Let's discuss. Welcome to Princess and Scoundrel, where we take you along our scrappily ever after from Fantasyland to Tatooine and everything in between. I'm Sarah. And I'm Steven. And I went to Disneyland Paris less than a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still so tired. (laughs) So, yeah, it was, I had not, I kind of planned to go to Disneyland Paris. It just kind of happened. Um, So I guess I'll talk about how it came about briefly. And then we're going to use this conversation as answering questions about what it was like. So I went on a work trip, as you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a work trip planned for a few months. I just joined a new team at work. We all went to London for a workshop. And you were the one. It wasn't, it didn't even cross my mind. You were the one that was like, hey, maybe see if you could sneak off to Disneyland Paris. I don't know if you were joking. Were you joking? Uh, I mean, there's part joke to it, but. I mean, London is very close to Paris. You think it is. Let me tell you how I got there. (laughs) So, yeah. So you kind of planted that seed in my head. And I was like, oh, man, it would be really cool to go to Disneyland Paris. But I had a really hard time getting the logistics to work out. And then two, I'm going to be super real with you. I was so scared. Like, one, I was scared to go to london by myself because i have not been out of the country in 20 years and i'm not despite what my hair looks like i'm not that old so it was like a school like group trip like back when i was in i don't know junior high or something and so i was scared to be in a different country without you without the kids on a brand new team at work so basically like alone and then to go to another country that doesn't speak english and go have this like grand adventure like I was just a scared little American and just as as it got closer to the trip it was more and more like okay you kind of like if you have this opportunity like why not take it go make the most of it and things just aligned in a way like literally right before the end of my trip (laughs) that I was able to go um it was wild. I don't know that I would recommend doing it the way that I did it because timelines were very, very tight. But I got to go to Disneyland Paris and <laughs> it was amazing. And I bought merch and we're both wearing the merch. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think one of the things was, is as soon as you came back, I had a ton of questions. You know, we're very much in love with Disney, going to Disney World all the time. We made our first trip to Disneyland not too many, not too long before. Not even a month ago. <laughs> and we were going to kind of have this conversation about Disneyland at, in California. But now we're kind of having it about Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Uh, I know as soon as you came back, I was like ready to ask you questions. And you took, no, don't ask me anything. Yeah. We're, we literally <laughs> have not talked since Sunday. And this is, we're recording this on a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to get all my questions out now. But the good thing is, is you did kind of. Uh, put it out there to, you know, to people that follow you on Instagram if they had any questions. So there are questions that kind of doubling up um, that I had, but also people had about it. Yeah. Uh, But so my first question, and it was also uh, 
Duffy Wren741. What was it like to see the castle for the first time? <sighs> She's beautiful. Let me just say that. So Disneyland Paris's castle is Sleeping Beauty's castle, which is what they have in Disneyland. But the scale of the castle is like on par with Disney World. It's a it's a very grand castle and it's the way that they built it and they built the land around it. It makes so much sense. It's not just a castle that was plopped into the middle of like a concrete hub like it now feels like Disney World and Disneyland were. This feels very intentional. It's up on a hill. There's these square trees. It's very picturesque. There's a moat. And then just all of the landscaping and everything around it just feels like it was kind of always there. And it just felt very grand. But the castle itself is beautiful. Like it's it's an attraction. So similar to Disneyland where you can go through and see the story of Sleeping Beauty. You do that here, but you go up top. You go up the stairs. There's beautiful stained glass. Like I said, you walk around, it tells the story. And you can go out to this balcony on the backside of the castle. And look out over Fantasyland. That's cool. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> and so my friend led me out there and was like, oh, my God, get ready for this. And I, like, walked out. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I got to hug. What I keep saying it's a turret. It's not a turret. Like a spire. A spire. I got to hug one of the <laughs> spires of the castle. I don't, I don't know if you're allowed to do that, but I did it. Because um, the castle, she was so pretty. I was like, I just want to give her a hug. Um, but then there's also shops in the castle itself, on the ground floor. But then there is a dungeon in the castle. And this is the only thing I knew about Disneyland Paris going into it that has a dragon in it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's going to be just like a little sleeping dragon that you're just like, oh, cool. Wave at it, whatever. It's a full animatronic. And it's so <laughs> dark in there that like when you're going down, you're going down into a dungeon, literally. There's like no lights except for what's around the dragon i bumped into like five people <laughs> i felt so bad and i kept thinking like oh my god is that the dragon and then i turned around and there's like almost like a it's not a moat but the dragon's in water and it's very misty and green and mysterious and the dragon's kind of sleeping and then all of a sudden the dragon's head like pops up and it starts like turning its head and roaring at you oh that's cool it was it was scary so did it remind you of the dragon on like in Diagon Alley, kind, Universal, kind of. It. I'm, I'm guessing it's not going to be to scale that same size. Yeah, but it's it's a big dragon though. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe because you're closer. Maybe because you're closer. Maybe it's perspective. But it was a big dragon. Like it was not <laughs> like a oh look at that. It was like oh man. Like if this thing is alive, like we are all dead in here. Um. But yeah, like an animatronic dragon that lifts its head up. I was not expecting that. So yes, this Disneyland Castle, the best castle. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's truly the best castle, in my opinion. So let's talk about planning, the, the planning that went into this. Uh, Danny Fandoms asks, do your travel agent services apply to Disneyland Paris as well? They do. And I can I have no problem booking Disneyland Paris. The only caveat I would say to that is if you are based in Europe already, you are likely to get better rates booking directly with Disneyland Paris. I've already had this instance where I have a friend that lives in Ireland that was trying to do trying to book through me. 
and she got better rates. And I was like, well, just go book it yourself. Like, please do not spend more money to have me book it for you. Just go book it yourself. Um, but yeah, I can, I just have to call it in, but it's not, I'm on the phone all the time as a travel agent, <laughs> as you know, <laughs> so it's not a big deal. And talking about planning, I know you did, you know, you like to do a lot of planning ahead of time. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as being able to pay for things, even in London and in Paris, how was that? You know, was there a lot of uh, hassle with the conversion rate and whatnot? Um, I don't know what the conversion rate is because I just tapped my credit card everywhere. And that's future Sarah's problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really easy. Um, I did call my credit cards ahead of time because I live in the 90s. And so I thought you had to call your credit cards to let them know you're traveling. Apparently, you don't have to do that. Uh, but one of the things that they do in, I don't know if it's just in the UK or all of Europe, is um, you have a PIN code assigned to your credit card. Kind of like we have debit cards and PIN codes here. You have it assigned to your credit card. So you either tap your card or you insert it and you type in your PIN. Your credit card never leaves your hand. so. They never take it away. It's always like a contactless payment or like a inserting a chip type of thing. So it was really seamless. Another one thing I will say, like a pro tip that I learned is do not have them convert your transaction into dollars because they'll charge you like 3% to do that. So just like be blissfully ignorant and be like, whatever it is in dollars, that's fine. <laughs> you were going to buy it anyway, right? Um, the one thing that I will say, the only issue I had is I really wanted a Mickey bar. And so I wanted to buy a couple Mickey bars for me and my friend to go watch the fireworks, even though it was like 50 degrees. It was so cold. Um, you have, it doesn't matter. Mickey bars have no, no temperatures. The ice cream cart only took cash. And so I got all the way up to the front of the line and like ordered my bars and then I didn't have any Euro. And so I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the only issue I had. Everything else was easy. Just like tap and go. So M. Robert White asked, did you make advanced plans to go to Disneyland Paris or was it a spur of the moment? Yes, <laughs> you kind of both. Yeah. I wanted to go, um, but was not, it was difficult to figure out the logistics of everything. Now I would, I would caution what I did, I would not recommend because the stars just aligned perfectly for me to be able to take this trip in the way that I took it. Definitely plan ahead because just like in the U.S. parks, you do have to do like not park pass reservations, but you have to make reservations to go to the parks. Um, for me and my trip, I didn't know until a couple of days before we went to Disneyland Paris if I was going to be able to move my flights and make it work because I really only had like one day to go. Like I finished work on Friday afternoon and I had to fly out early Sunday morning and it was like 36 hours to get to Disneyland Paris and get back to London for my flight. <laughs> it was so close, uh, but we were able to do everything. We were there from park open to park close, did it all, and somehow managed to make the trip back and forth. I think that was one of the coolest parts of it, like or the exciting part of it, seeing it from the outside, is that it, it felt like an amazing race type of thing <laughs> where – you were telling me you had to hit certain points like, okay, she's going to meet me here. We're going to get on, you know, the train from here to here. Uh, we've got to get into France here. It, it was, again, it was exciting to just kind of, yeah to follow along each of these points that you were 
you were hitting. It was literally like that because there was on the way back, we drove back overnight on Saturday night and it was like, okay, if we don't make the 3.15 a.m. train back, the next one's at 5.20 or something. And it's like my flight left at like 9.30 and it was international (laughs) and it was in London. (laughs) It was like there was going to be it was going to be like like amazing race. And so it worked out. We made it. But literally you made it to the next leg to the next leg <laughs> i forget what the what, what did they say i don't i don't remember, I don't remember. such a good show <laughs> speaking of transportation what were the different ways to get to disneyland paris okay from so, london from london so there's a handful of ways you can take a plane um so you can fly from london to charles de gaulle airport which is the paris airport And then they have kind of like what they have right now at Disney World where you can take a shuttle bus. You pay for it, but you take a shuttle bus from the airport to the parks. You can do that. That's, I would say, like medium risk, right? Like it's a flight and a bus. And once you're on Disneyland property, Disneyland Paris property, you don't really need to worry about transportation. It's all walkable. Um, So there's that option, the plane. There's also a train that will take you directly from London to Disneyland Paris. And when I say Disneyland Paris, I mean the train station is like right outside the security gates of Disneyland Paris. Like, again, you don't need any kind of transportation. The issue with taking the train is that the times that they like arrive and depart are very limited. And because it's an international train, you have to be there like an hour and a half before to get through. I don't know what, I don't, I've just did all this. I don't know if it's called immigration, if it's called like passport checking or whatever. Um, but if you're going to do that, make sure you allow for enough days that you can actually do the parks because otherwise if you try to arrive and leave on the same day on a train, you're only going to be in the parks for like two or three hours, which wouldn't be worth it unless you lived there. Yeah. So that's, that one's a hard one. Um, the other two are driving. So you can drive and then either take a ferry where you drive your car into a ferry and ferry across the, the English channel. Or what we did is we drove and then we drove our car onto a train, drove our car, not our car, her, my friend's car onto a train and then went through, you always laugh when I say this, the tunnel, which (laughs) is the tunnel that goes across the English channel. It goes under water. I think you can't drive it. You can only take the train. The channel tunnel. The channel tunnel. The channel. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that somebody said this is the English channel tunnel and was like, let's just call it a channel. (laughs) But that's the way we went. So how I did it, my, my personal journey, if you will, I took a train. I was staying in central London. I took a train from central London, which was like the scariest thing. I think I was talking to you on the phone the whole time and I was like, what if I don't make it? What if I get on the wrong train? I go the wrong way. Um, but I took a train. There was also a train strike happening in London at this time. So trains were very limited. Um, well, and I think that's for us is a very big different thing because there is not very much public transportation here where we live. Yeah. Um, and over there, it's. It like shut down the city. Like restaurants would weren't open. It was pretty crazy the impact it had. So I was very fortunate. I got a train out of the city, met my friend at a train station out of town. She picked me up and we drove probably two hours to the 
train that took us through the tunnel uh and that they check your passports there and do everything there's like a uh england side that checks your passport and then the french side that checks your passport and then you get on the train it's like a 30 minute train ride and then you drive off the train and you're in france so speaking of the train yeah c kittle 48 asked did you stay in the car on the train from from and to paris yes so it's only a 30 minute ride and we were sitting in the car and we're like, you know what? We should probably get up and stretch our legs. Because once you get off the train, it's about another three-hour car ride to get to Disneyland Paris. And so we're like, oh, we should stretch our legs. Like, let's just get out and, like, move around a little bit. Get out of the car, close the doors. Within 30 seconds, they were like, we are arriving <laughs> at the train station in France. I was like, whoops. <laughs> so you can. One thing is... Because it's just a bunch of cars back to back. Everybody has their emergency brake on, but they do caution multiple times. Like, do not walk between the cars. Like, please don't get pinned between two cars that didn't put their e-brake on. Um, but you can. There's just nothing to do. It's like big subway cars. The whole concept of, like, driving your car into a train was really weird. I was like, how do they do this? When somebody was explaining it to me, I was like, do you drive onto the back like you're driving onto, a like, a car trailer? That's what I imagined. Then I was like, but how do they get the next train car what they do you're basically driving up next to the train car and then there's a big mouth and you just kind of have to like zigzag your way onto it like you're entering from the side of the train it was very weird there's also like it's a double decker situa situation so on the way back we actually rode on the top so you have to like zigzag on and take a ramp up to the top level <laughs> as it was happening i was like there's no way this is legal. Like, it was so <laughs> weird. <laughs> I was like, there should be a lot more safety measures around this, but there's not. <laughs> so once you arrived on uh, Disneyland Paris property, um, I think one of the things that you mentioned to me, it seemed very similar to Disneyland California as opposed to Walt Disney World. Yeah, so the layout of the whole resort area is very similar to Disneyland. It's not like Disneyland where the parks are right across from each other and you can look one way and you see Disneyland and then you turn around and there's DCA. But it's all right there on one property. So when you walk in, you go through security, you see Disneyland Paris, the Disneyland Park kind of to your right. And then next to that, Kind of like in a, almost if you look at it like a circle, next to that is Walt Disney Studios Park. And then next to that is your Disney Village, which is kind of like your downtown Disney or your Disney Springs. Like it's shopping and eating. Once you go past Disney Village, you go out a little bit more. That's where most of the hotels are. So it's like this big, beautiful lake and then there's hotels surrounding it. That's where like the, I forget if they call it the Art of New York or the Art of Marvel Hotel is, but it's the Marvel Hotel. It was really beautiful, really sleek, really well done, like superhero hotel without being like, pow, ka-ching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the bar didn't open till five when we were there at like 3.30. So we were going to go have a drink and we walked over there just to like look around. But it was beautiful. But it's all in one walkable property. So that was really nice. There's also one, like their main kind of flagship hotel which is the disneyland paris hotel 
which is literally the front of the Disneyland park. Like you don't see the, you don't walk up and see the train station. You see the, the hotel and then you walk under the hotel and then you see the train station and then the park. But the cool thing about that is that all of the rooms on the backside of that hotel overlook the park. You can see Main Street. You can see the castle. You can see. That's cool. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I mean, I guess those were premium. So if we ever go back, (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to stay there. But didn't you say that those rooms are, would be comparable to. I think I haven't looked at the prices, but I think they're like comparable to like Grand Floridian prices. Um, the hotel is under construction right now, so it's not open. I don't know if it'll be open by the time celebration comes around, but if not, any of the hotels there seemed really nice. So I think any pick you get is good. So Magical Travel Adventure asked, how big is the park and does it feel the same as Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World? So Disneyland Paris feels really grand And I think because it has that huge hotel at the beginning of it and then you go and you see the train station. And then the other weird thing is like the layout of this park at Disneyland and Disney world. When you go under the train station, you either go left or right with Disneyland Paris. You can also go through the center of the train station, which was very discombobulating to me. I was like, you're not allowed to go in the center. Like what is happening? Um, But in terms of like the layout and the size of it, I would say it's more like Magic Kingdom than it is Disneyland Anaheim um, because the hub felt like really big and open. It didn't have the tall trees like you have at Disney World, which was nice because then you don't have like any big blockers to seeing the castle. And then as, as we like to say, Disneyland is very cozy. Disneyland's hub felt a lot smaller. So this was on the same scale of Magic Kingdom, just it just felt grand because the castle's up on a hill and there's beautiful like square trees and flowers everywhere. Like it's just a gorgeous park. And then it also had similar kind of layout of the lands around it. So that's interesting that they have that entrance at the very middle because each of the other parks, it is like a big reveal when you kind of, you're, you, you're going into the park and you're still amazed by kind of main street. But when you turn that corner and you see that castle, it is, there is that like excitement of a reveal. Yeah. So uh, I'm, it's interesting that they, they chose a different kind of different option of, of seeing the castle. And then, I mean, I guess you see it from the hotel, so it's always there, but. Yeah. It threw me a little bit because I was like, I, this feels weird. (laughs) I walked through the center of it and then there's like a gazebo in the middle of the the little square right there before you go down main street. And then I was so busy. I walked under the train station and there's a group of people and they were looking up above me. And so I was like, oh, are there characters? And I turn around and Mickey and Minnie are in their 30th anniversary outfits. And so I was excited looking at that. And then my friend like took off and went to go do something at like city hall. And so I'm just like looking around, taking pictures. I was so excited that then I finally turned around and I was like, oh my gosh, the castle. <laughs> like there was so much to see there that by the time I turned around and saw the castle, it wasn't a big turning the corner of Main Street reveal, but it was just kind of like, yeah, of course, of course you're there. Like you look great. It's good to see you. But yeah, it was very, the whole layout of it was very strange, but it also felt really nice. It was, cool. 
familiar? Yeah. Okay. That was the weird thing. Like whenever you see the different parks, because, you know, we're going to talk about Disneyland in a future episode, but seeing Disneyland on like our friends vlogs and on the shows and stuff like that, it felt a lot different. And then when you're actually there, you're like, oh, this feels like Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Just like slightly different. That's exactly what this felt like. It's like going to a Target across town where you're like, okay, I know where the the toiletries are. <laughs> <laughs> Good analogy. Right, thanks. <laughs> so now let's talk about the attractions. You know, there was a lot of similar attractions um, and kind of how Disney World kind of reskinned some, changed some. Um, we kind of have like a, a two-part question. Okay. I Am Geek Show asked, I've heard that Frontierland all ties together there. Did y'all feel like, or did you feel like that when you were there? Then Jay Enriquez asked, did you get to go on my favorite ride, Phantom Manor? And I asked that because Phantom Manor is in Frontierland. So did they all tie together? Link together. So Phantom Manor is Disneyland Paris' version of Haunted Mansion. So there's a lot of similarities in that ride. Um, You have Madame Leota, you have the bride, you have the dining room scene. But it was also very different in that it was very much focused on the bride in each of them. And then weirdly in the last scene, like it all felt kind of like Haunted Mansion. But then the last scene, it takes you through like an old Western town, but there's ghosts. <laughs> so it has Gr- the Grim Gooning Ghost is playing, but it's like a Western version of it. And it was just like, what? where are we? This is so weird. But then realizing that it's part of Frontierland, I'm like, uh, okay, so we're out of the the manor, the Phantom Manor, and now we're in this ghost version of Frontierland. When I wrote it, I was like, I don't get this. <laughs> <laughs> but realizing that it was part of the land, it made more sense. Frontierland is gorgeous because that's the one where Big Thunder Mountain's on its own island in the middle of Frontierland. So the theming around the whole thing was really cool because Phantom Manor does look like this creepy house like up on a hill that's like it's like the old lady's house that everybody thinks is like a witch. (laughs) Um, But it was beautifully themed like Big Thunder Mountain is the best ride in Disneyland Paris Park. There's a a better ride in the other park, but in Disneyland Paris Park, Big Thunder Mountain is. Oh, it's good. (laughs) So what about the other lands? Um. I know, again, FaceTiming with you, the Tomorrowland, uh, which is... Discovery Land. Yeah. So how was that compared to Tomorrowland? Um, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and we, you know, we did a little research. Yeah, and we're, we we're, did actually talk this week. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we did have convers- like normal conversations. But in, in preparation, we, we kind of looked at why it was called discovery land yeah and i thought it was pretty interesting because and this was from the disney plus uh documentary imagineering and but they talked about that they wanted the Tomorrowland to be basically like a an alternate future yeah they they, they didn't want it to be outdated immediately with like a space theme or yes. something and so they went with a steampunk they said a retro steampunk, which is like, okay, you don't want to be outdated for being like Tomorrowland, so you're going to go retro. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought it was a cool idea. Uh, I, again, I haven't seen it. 
I've just seen the pictures. Yep. <laughs> uh, but one of the biggest things was hyperspace or hyperspace mountain. It's hyperspace mountain. So it's like permanently hyperspace mountain over there. I think it has been since my friend was saying, I think since 2017. Um, and then star tours is also there. And then they have a couple of other, they have, you know, the Buzz Lightyear, like Space Ranger Spin or Astro Blasters or whatever. They have like an Autopia, which is like the Speedway, which was really beautiful and did not stink like the one in Disney World, which was really nice. But anyway, back to Hyperspace Mountain. That was like Phantom Manor. It made no sense to me, theming wise, because it's it's steampunk. And then you're like loading onto the ride and you see... <laughs> They have some Star Wars elements like in the queue, but then you see these like barrels and it says gunpowder, but it's not like an old timey gunpowder. It's like a steampunk version of like a gunpowder canister. And then you get on and they just shoot you off and then it's a Star Wars ride. So it was very. Well, so and that's that's where knowing that story afterwards, why they built it, that canon was there was it was based off a story. Um, and I, it doesn't come to my head right now. It's something like blasting from the earth to the moon or yeah. something. And that was the whole premise that they initially, you know, when they made the ride. Yeah. And yeah. Cause there it's like a, there's like a shoot on the outside of the, the dome of space mountain that it's supposed to like launch you into space, I guess. Yeah. We were looking at it and we're like, oh, you can see outside. I was like, oh, you can see outside. I think they covered that. And I went back and looked at pictures. No, <laughs> you see outside. <laughs> I think I was just so like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> but the Space Mountain, I love. I loved Hyperspace Mountain when we went to Disneyland. This one was like it jerked you around a whole bunch, and it also loops, so it takes you upside down three times, and it's like real like it jerks you around, and it's in the dark. I can't tell you what happened in that ride. <laughs> like it was rough. It was a rough ride. My friend was like, go ride it and then tell me if you think I can handle it. And I got off that and I was like, I felt like my hair was all wild. I was like, mm -mm. no, the one good thing about that ride and not the one good thing. There's many good things about it. The best part of that ride is because I went by myself on that one with three other strangers in my cart. When we got the photo pass, like the ride photo from it, you physically go up to the, to a counter with cast members and then you say like oh here's my photo pass like my number can you link it to my account and they say oh, okay they showed us the picture and it's me and three strangers and they were like well who, you know is it both of you it's like no it's just me it's just that one and she said oh okay she took three x-wing pilot like templates like cartoons and pasted them over the three strangers so it's me with three x-wing pilots <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the best ride photo I've ever had. And I did not make that terrible face. I usually make in ride photos. So I'm very proud of that one. <laughs> there are a couple more lands that I think we should call out in Disneyland Paris, which is probably the best one, which was Fantasyland. Okay. So their Fantasyland truly felt like a storybook fairy tale land. Like it really played off of the castle there. And then, you know, just like any Disney park, you go through the castle and there's the carousel and then you've got all the little fantasy land rides you've got peter pan we didn't ride all of them pinocchio but then if you keep going back there was a little boat ride and i think they have this at disneyland too where you go into the whale i don't know if it's the same ride because we didn't get to ride it but it was a little boat ride and on this one it took you through a lot of the the classic stories of disney and so you get to see 
like you're on a little boat and then you see like Rapunzel's tower off in the distance. And then the next thing you see is like Belle's village and she's sitting there, I think like on the fountain and you see Maurice's cottage. And then up on the hill, you see Beast's castle. And then you turn the corner and instead of going in the whale's mouth, you go in um, the cave of wonders. And so you go into that and it tells you the whole story. Well, not the whole story, but it tells you about Aladdin and it was really cool, but it just all felt, it all felt really spacious back there. But it just even more enforced, like, why this, there's this castle here. <laughs> and it, it, I loved it. That was, that was the best part. It was so good. And there were so many little pieces like that that were just, like, tied in so well to why we're in this theme park with a big old castle. I don't know. I, it was very charming. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so there was that... Um, but yeah, that, those were the main pieces of Disneyland Paris. The other thing is there's two side streets to Main Street. So you can go down Main Street just like you do any other Disney park. But if you're trying to get out in a hurry or you like just don't want to go down Main Street, you there's parallel streets on either side of Main Street, on either side of the shops on Main Street. And you can take the back entrances into those shops. But there's also things to do in there. So we were walking out to go. I think we were going to the other park. And my friend was like, look, here's the America section. And there's just weirdly like American flags and all kinds of stuff. And then she's like, come back here. And she kind of takes me behind this like false wall. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's animatronics. And it was just a little like window. And there was animatronics. And it was the delivery of the Statue of Liberty from France to America. Oh, okay. And I was like, well, that's kind of. Okay. I mean, it makes I sense. Mean, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. But it was just like, all right. But the fact that they have three exits out of that park. That's kind of cool. It's really smart. And then, too, like, if you just don't want to be in me, and it was covered. Um, so it's nice, like, rain. Oh, yeah. Rain, rain cover days. or, like, just heat cover. So that was cool. But, yeah, we did that. And then we went to the Walt Disney Studios Park, which is kind of like their answer to DCA, Hollywood Studios. Um, let me see how, how to describe it. <laughs> it's going through a, um, a refresh at the moment. And so there wasn't a lot to do there. Um, unlike Disneyland Paris, that was very lush and has lots of like landscaping and just felt very grand and open. There was a lot of concrete on Disneyland Studios or Walt Disney Studios. So you go through this huge studio building that's got like shops and dining and it was very strange it was I think like half the park is in this huge like studio warehouse thing and then you walk through that and you're in the actual park and yeah it was they have Tower of Terror like straight ahead of you I think they're gonna have like new lands like off the back of it but then you have a little Toy Story Playland I think is what it was called it had three little rides in there they're not the same rides that we have at our Toy Story Land. And then there was like the kind of like our version of the French pavilion, which again is just so silly. It's like us having an American pavilion in Epcot, <laughs> but that's where Remy's uh, Ratatouille Adventure is, the exact same ride. Um, except when you exit, you're getting off your little rat. Um, you're walking past these windows and there's like a Remy's restaurant. And it's like you are a rat eating at a restaurant. And so kind of like when you eat at Woody's lunchbox where you're sitting on like some baby bell cheese, like here you're sitting on like your backs are like a, like um, bottle caps or 
wine corks or things like that. So it was cutely themed, but that's kind of the end of the park. And there's like kind of like a Pixar area. I don't know. It was very strange. So cardboard cutout cosplay asked, is there any news on galaxy's edge opening in Disneyland Paris? Not that I know of what I've heard and what I tried, what I've read is Disneyland Paris was supposed to have essentially like the same thing that we have in our U.S. parks for Galaxy's Edge, like a full-blown Batu. I think with the pandemic, they scaled down their plans, and so it was just going to be a little bit of an area like around where the Millennium Falcon is. But when you look at the concept art, I didn't even notice this at first until I went back and looked. There's no Millennium Falcon. I was like, uh, what's there going to be? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I. So it's going to be a different experience there. Um, and that's the one thing I'll say about the thing in the Walt Disney Studios Park is that the lands there were much smaller than any of the other lands that I've experienced at the parks. So like the Toy Story Layland was really small like you could probably fit it into like the footprint of alien swirling saucers and like the bathrooms like it was very small um and it seems like that's probably what galaxy's edge is going to be is just a very small like here's a little section so i wouldn't even call it a land i would call it like a like a plot (laughs) uh the other thing that they're going to be doing is i don't know what the name of it is but essentially like an arendelle like a frozen land I don't know what all is involved in that, but I do know they're going to do a, a castle. Um, so I think that's probably going to become more of like the landmark of that castle. And then they're also doing, oh, very soon, like in the next couple of weeks, they're opening their version of the Avengers campus. Oh, yeah. I saw the Iron Man. Yeah. So they're retheming um, their rock and roller coaster to like Iron Man, Captain Marvel. And then I think they're also getting a version of Web Slingers. They're not retheming their Tower of Terror. So they're not getting like a mission breakout, um, which that's like the best. I, Tower of Terror is like my favorite ride of all time. This was the best version of Tower of Terror here. It was so it was so different. So you know how on our, our Tower of Terror, the the what is it? The Orlando Tower of Terror where it takes you up and then you push forward, you move forward into the next dimension. And then that's the shaft that they pick you up and drop you. So on this one, you like pull back from the, the loading area, just like normal. And then it immediately like dropped us two floors. (laughs) And I was like, what just happened? And there's no real story on the ride itself. And then from there, it would just pick you up and drop you. But instead of a pickup and a drop, it would go up, 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 drop. And then up drop. And it was long. I think that was the longest Tower of Terror ride I've ever been on. It was amazing. Oh, it was <laughs> so good. I loved it so much. So I would happily just go back and ride that ride like all day long. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> so yeah, they're not getting a mission breakout. Um, my guess is because it's east of the Mississippi. <laughs> it could be. It right? could be. I don't know how far that line extends, but but yeah, it's not happening. Um, so from there, I know I asked about food. How was food at Disneyland Paris? I think that's the most surprising thing to me at Disneyland Paris is like, 
think you're in France. The food is going to be, you're going to have French food and it's going to be bountiful and there's going to be these like nice long meals. It was not like that. We didn't do any sit down meals. We didn't do any meals <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, we did have like a character breakfast booked, but we didn't make it. And pro tip, it's not like the American parks where if you make a reservation and don't show up, they charge you. They're just like, okay, <laughs> we didn't do anything. <laughs> and they were like, whatever. Um, but the food is, they only like the restaurants are only open for a few hours around the meal times. And so if you're trying to eat off hours, you're not eating like a meal. They're also like the food options were very limited. So we would walk by the quick service and they would have just like the, you know, like the sandwich board outside with what the menu was. And it was literally three options and that's it. Like a quick service restaurant, like in the States we have, you go to a quick service place, there's like 12 things you could get. So that's kind of similar to the way they do like Epcot. Right. It, yeah. So yeah, that's what it's like. It's like a festival booth. Okay. Where it's like, you got three options. Do Here's you want option. these? <laughs> and we would walk by and be like, mm, my friend that I went with had dietary restrictions. She's, uh, she can't eat gluten. Mm. That was super limiting. Like, whereas with the American parks, they're very, very accommodating with like gluten allergies or any kind of dietary restrictions. Like there was no accommodations really. Um, so it was difficult to find food. So we ended up eating. <laughs> Here, I'll tell you what I ate. What did I eat in a day? I did have a, a croissant and coffee and I sat in front of the castle and that was great. And then I think the next time we ate, we ate some popcorn like mid-morning as you do in a Disney park. And then we ate sandwiches at Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so I went all the way to Disneyland Paris and ate at Earl of Sandwich. There you go. It's the only international earl of sandwich there's none oh, other ooh, fancy mm. um but they had gluten-free bread so we ate there and that's it that's all i ate <laughs> <laughs> the whole day <laughs> i got another uh thing of popcorn later on but that's it that's that was our food well speaking of croissants danny fandoms asked did they have mickey shaped croissants <sighs> no <laughs> <laughs> I wish they did. I don't know why they couldn't, but they didn't. They just had regular size croissants, but they did have Mickey shaped bread. I think they had Mickey shaped burgers um, or like sandwiches or something. And I was tempted to get a Mickey shape because I was like, why don't we have this in the States? But no, they didn't. Um, that yeah. kind of reminds me of like the black burgers I know. where they have, they just have a different type of bread and, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just like slightly different, but yeah, I wish they had the weirdly they had in Frontierland, they had, I forget what it was called, but it was like Cowboy Corner or something was one of the restaurants. And my friend was like, oh yeah, like I think this place is open. Do you want to go eat there? And I was like, I'm a Texan in Paris. I don't want to go eat <laughs> at Cowboy Corner. <laughs> they were closed, but, but at the same time, there was the food options were so limited that it was like, well, if we need to go eat it. If I need to eat a rib in Paris, <laughs> I guess I'll eat a rib in Paris. I can only imagine <laughs> barbecue that's not he from here. Sidebar, some of the group when I was in London wanted to go eat a Tex-Mex restaurant. I was like, no. <laughs> like, absolutely. In, in the UK? In London. It, I mean, it could, be, it could be, you know, somewhat. Te Le wait, Tex-Mex? Tex-Mex. That's very specific. Not Mexican. I know. 
It's very specific. Yeah, it was. I'm very sure it was Tex-Mex. Isn't that strange? I wonder if maybe it's like internationally they uh, they associate Tex-Mex with like Americanized Mexican food. Maybe Americanized. I mean, like that's Spanish what it food. is, right? That's what Tex-Mex is. But yeah, it was very strange. <laughs> My whole food journey that whole week was very. Uh, it happens sometimes. Like when you go somewhere new, and you know, I know for me, I was I'm, very. I'm, new. I had so many granola bars. I don't have dietary restrictions, but I am a picky eater. And you say that you're you're not bad, but yeah, uh, yeah, a lot, I had lots of granola bars last <laughs> week. <laughs> and gushers, for some reason, I was like buying groceries. I was like, gushers seem like a good idea. They don't taste the same when you're not a eight kid. years old. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the. Language barriers. Danny Fandoms asked, how did you communicate with cast members at Disneyland Paris? Did someone have to translate? So this was honestly one of the biggest concerns that I had going to France because that's not the primary language that's spoken in France. Um, it's French, if you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but to go to another country where English is not the main language, because I have not traveled internationally in such a long time was really worrisome to me. And surprisingly, it was not at all an issue at the parks, anywhere on property. Most of the time, whenever you encountered a cast member, they either spoke English right away or they would say it in French and then say it in English. If it was like a quick, like how many type of thing, like as you're loading on the ride, or if they had something longer to say to you, they would kind of just like run through, like, do you speak French? English, Spanish, this. And then once they got to the one that you understood, you'd say English. And then they would say, okay, what I need you to do is go stand over here. <laughs> and so that was, that was really, it was never an issue. There was one time when we were buying our main meal of the day, which was popcorn. <laughs> we were at a popcorn cart and we were trying to, I think like get a certain popcorn bucket or something. And the guy was like, my English is not strong. And so we were like, oh, okay. And just, we kind of figured it out. I mean, it was like, we're buying popcorn. Like you just kind of point and get, get through it. Um, so it wasn't. Not, not diffusing a bomb. No, 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 no. <laughs> when we did that, the guy spoke English. It was fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, it was surprisingly like a non-issue. Thank goodness. <laughs> Leads into Billy Maddox asks, hello from Texas. Ooh. Hey, Billy. Howdy. Uh, okay, maybe a really obvious question, but are the rides in French? <laughs> okay. If this is your first time ever going to a Disney park and you speak English and you do not speak French, you're going to have a hard time understanding because most of the time the ride would, sometimes on the rides they would first say it in French and then say it in English, but most of the time it was like one sentence in French and the next sentence in English. So you got like half of what was going on. But like the best experience about this was we went on Star Tours and I recorded Yoda speaking in French. It was just like, it was so silly. <laughs> it's like, I think of all the memories I made, like that's one of my top five memories was just hearing Yoda. <laughs> speaking in <laughs> French. 
I wonder if they had it. I mean, I'm assuming that it's going to have to be a, a voice actor. They didn't actually have uh, Frank Oz. Yeah, Frank Oz. Like I don't do do the French quote. In my head, I can't remember what it sounded like. I just remember being like, "This is just like the most <laughs> surreal thing I've ever seen." <laughs> so, lastly, we have a couple just general questions and tips. Uh, this is Nat's life asked. What is your must do in Disneyland Paris? Who okay. If you are going for the 30th anniversary, because right now the 30th anniversary is going on, they're doing it for a year. So it started in April. It ends at the end of April, 2023. So if you are going for like to Europe for celebration 2023, you get to experience the cool things they have going on there. The absolute must do. I don't know if it was a parade or a show, but I think it was called dream and shine brighter it's like a parade show (laughs) so is is there like a channel word for that charade (laughs) charade. (laughs) (laughs) um it's a parade that starts down main street and it's got some floats it's got all the characters like the fab five it's got extra characters it's got dancers it comes down main street it loops around the hub and then there's these four stages that they've set up specifically for the 30th anniversary. Oh, in, those are the stages the that, that the guy proposed on. And then they were like, nope, get down here. <laughs> so they put those up specifically for the 30th for this show. So they the floats in the parade go around Main Street or go around the hub. It's the, the floats stop. And then all of the characters get down and the dancers and they all come and they dance on those four stages and they alternate between the four stages. That's cool. Like, I got to see Miguel from Coco. That was my first time seeing Miguel. <laughs> and I just, like, bawled <laughs> because I was like, oh, my God. Um, but there were so many characters. They had Jeannie out there dancing. They had um, Woody and Jesse were out there. Like, there were, there were so – it was a plethora of characters. And it was unlike anything I've ever seen. And I don't understand why we don't have this in all the parks all the time because it was just so, so – so good um the other thing was typically you can stand right in the middle of the hub in like in the middle of the four stages and see all of it they had it roped off the time that we watched it um for like i think it was like a -a make-a-wish thing and there was a girl in a wheelchair that was like right by the ropes and so she was right by where everybody was walking every single character stopped don't do that face every (laughs) single character like walked by and just like would come and like hold her hands and like dance with her a little bit and it was just like I was already like was, yeah, emotional to begin with. And then to see that and just like see that magic made for her over and over and over and over again was like that to me was like forget the rest of the show. Like seeing the characters interact with her like that was just super cool. It was super the best. Cool. And like my makeup was just like <laughs> the rest of the day. <laughs> and it was like We watched that like mid morning. It was just like what? Oh, well. And so. then it rained. I didn't even talk about that. It like rained for like five hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> We can show my my soggy bottom, <laughs> the picture of it. Um, I rode a ride in the rain because I thought it would be a good idea to like ride in the queue, like stand in the queue while it was raining. And then, of course, it'll clear up. It did not. So I rode the ride in the rain and just came off of it just like drenched and then had to walk through the park to meet my friend. So by the time I got there, it was just like. All wet. Yeah. So 76 Tin Man asked, I'm in the UK and off to Disneyland Paris in August. Any pro tips? Do that 
charade, if we will. <laughs> There's also, um, you clued me into this. There's a drone show going on right now for the 30th anniversary. So right before the fireworks, I think it was like a eight minute thing where they do castle projections and then they have drones. And so the 30th anniversary logo for Disneyland Paris is on the shirt I'm wearing, but it looks like a Mickey head. It's just genius the way they did it. And I would, I would just wear this merch every day of my life because it's just, it's so smart the way they did it. Um, but the drones come out and they make that shape off to the side of the castle. And then they would do like a little rainbow. And then it went back to that shape. It was kind of like, it had two tricks. <laughs> it had like the 30th anniversary well, look. Uh, calm down. Drones are not that advanced, it, but it was. But it was amazing. Yeah. It was so cool to see it. Um, and I wish we had drones. That's another thing I would like to bring over to the States is the drones. But that was specific for the 30th anniversary. Then like there's a two minute break and there's the fireworks. I would call it more of like a projection show than fireworks because it was not the grand scale. I'm used to like American fireworks. <laughs> I'm used to pyrotechnics, okay? And it wasn't that. It was more of like the castle projections, the music, the the nostalgia of like the movies, like Lion King, Frozen. That's how, they had Star Wars. There was a Star Wars section. Um, but yeah, it was not a lot of fireworks. So yeah, do the drone show, do the the sh the dream and shine brighter. I think it was called. Go write Tower of Terror. <laughs> Just go write it for me, please. It was amazing. So our last question is from Jordan Legacy. Thoughts on Disneyland Paris? It was... Uh, no. <laughs> it was... There was so much to it. And just because everything had to align so perfectly to be able to go on this trip and to have, like, such a good friend in this... I met her three weeks ago, this person that I went with to be able to help coordinate and make this happen. And just like, it was a, it was on my bucket list to go to Disneyland Paris. And so to be able to do it and do it in this like whirlwind, like we better make this train, we better do the, you know, hit all of these marks and to have it aligned so perfectly was just that in itself was just so epic. But then to be in the park and see the beautiful castle, the beautiful landscaping, be there for the 30th anniversary when there's a big celebration going on and seeing like all these extra things, like they have these beautiful like metal work type of things spinning around that looked like different characters. Kind oh, of yeah, like the, they were kind of like wind. Um, like kind of like wind like, chimes yeah. or like garden decorations, like kind of like how Disney World has the 50th anniversary statues or like that, but they were a lot more, there was more movement to it. It was very beautiful, but just everything about the park was gorgeous. It felt personal because there was so much to explore in the park that if you were just looking to get on the next ride and not really looking around, you wouldn't see. That was the other, that was the third thing that you were like, there are three things you have to do. You have to see the dragon under the castle. You have to watch the drone show and you have to go find Carl from up fishing in the river. And I was like, what are you talking about? And just off to this, like off the beaten path, it took us forever to find him. <laughs> and I FaceTimed you though. It was just a, um, he was just like on a little raft fishing. It was just like a little statue of him. Well, I think that's, that's one of the things that I've kind of seen with Disney World, Disneyland, now Paris, is each of these parks, there's, there's more things 
in each of the parks that then one visit could you could probably oh, get yeah. to. And even that things are always evolving and changing and there's something new in the place of something. And I think that's why people get so they they love their park. That that's, you know, Disneyland people, they love their park because that's it's there's per, there's a personal attachment to it because I go to it every day. And I know where this is going to be. I know where this certain thing is going to be. And if it changes, it's like, oh, that's something new and something new that I get to learn. Right. Whereas visiting one time, we get to appreciate it in some way, but not in the same way when it's like, that's your home type of thing. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, you, one of the things you mentioned was your friend had her friend that she had never been down those extra streets. Well, she'd been down them, but she'd never known that you could go even further into <laughs> there them. was these weird animatronics with the Statue of Liberty. Like so, there's just there, it was constant discovery and like thoughtfulness into everything there that it was just it's impossible not to fall in love with that park. Like it was so good. So when's your when are we going? Your when, to- are we, your, let your to- me take when is you. your Tokyo trip? You could come report back. You to tell us. me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's like the ultimate. Well, I so mean, let's see. So we've been going to Disneyland or Disney World for a few they years. Just, they just did that uh, world trip, the VIP trip. It sold out. It sold out. It sold so, out. But I mean, you're like Surprise! halfway there now. <laughs> 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 so you're halfway there. So, so, so let's back up though. We've done Disney World for the last few years. We did Disneyland for the first time in May. We did. I did Disneyland Paris in June, so July is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I got my passport. I'm ready. <laughs> Anybody out there? So yeah. So I think we we got through all of the questions. Yeah. But like, one of the biggest things for pulling together this this episode, and the whole reason we did this episode is because we had questions about Disneyland Paris. I had questions about Disneyland Paris, and I just kind of was like, "Let's go." Um, but to be able to get questions from you, our viewers, was just awesome because it was way better than just us sitting here talking about like, so what was it like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the thing is like there was these questions were questions that I had and, you know, and what we would have in our conversation um, because it, it, you know, I didn't experience it and I would want to know. And yeah. But I also think it's good because if you are going to like a Star Wars celebration next year and you're going to be in London like this and you're thinking about doing Disneyland Paris, like I kind of tested the waters for you <laughs> through the via the channel. <laughs> <laughs> but huge, huge, huge thanks to my friend Claire. I will link her Instagram. Her Instagram is Club 33 and me. I will link it in the show notes because literally none of it would have been possible without her. Like she was like, you've got 36 hours. It's seven hours each way. Okay, let's do this. We will not sleep, but let's do this. And it's true. We did not sleep. (laughs) (laughs) We slept very little, very, very little, but yes, thank you to Claire. And thank you for submitting your questions for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it, hopefully you did. Hopefully it benefited or helped you in some way, or at least entertained you because we, kind of went off the rails a little bit (laughs) but thank you for tuning in and anybody in the houston area we are going to be going to comic palooza that's a local comic con yeah 
Uh, it's going to be the weekend of July 15th. So if you're there, come, come tap us hi. on the shoulder, say hi. Betty Bantha will be there. What are you going to uh, be? I'll probably do Sammy. Do Sammy? Take BD around. Yeah. So. And we'll also have our younglings with us. Yes. So that will be fun <laughs> trying to document things with our kids. So, yeah, if you say yes, come say hi. Yeah, come say hi. <laughs> It'll be, we might be like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> and Princess and Scoundrel is part of the Thank the Maker Network. So make sure you go check out Adam, Ryan, and Nick over at Thank the Maker and Mike Forrester on Armor Party. Until next time. 